one. All right. Well, uh, hello, everybody. This is the Culture Shock. I am your host, Seth McKendry, and I am here with possibly the biggest guest that I've ever had. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. There's Tuffy down here, which you can't see, but he's laying down, being a good boy. And then introduce yourself. Do what? Introduce yourself, Nana. Good stuff? Introduce yourself. Oh, I'm uh, his grandma, or Nana. <laughs> She's also known as Nana here, among other pseudonyms. So, uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. We can talk about music. We like music. We can talk about the different generations that contributed to what we're hearing today. I was raised in the 60s, mm -hmm. and um, we brought in psychedelic music and, of course, the British invasion. Mm -hmm. And so that changed uh, the way we viewed music or heard music. Um, I think it's, it was a real important time. Um, in the 60s and 70s, we were a lot of our songs were protests against uh, the war and everything. Yeah. Um, and then we went into the 70s, and it was uh, kind of, the 70s were kind of, um, maybe I would say, cool uh, love stuff. And then the 80s began, the 80s was the big hair. Yeah, and, black, yeah. long hair, and a lot of hairspray. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, uh and it, it, you know, it, uh, brought on a lot of, uh, different music, like heavy metal and, mm. um, Bon Jovi and, uh, Axl Rose and, and Van Halen. Yeah. And that contributed to what we're hearing, um, today. Um, so we keep revolving with the music and, the society, what what the society is going through. <laughs> That's my you're, dog. You're toughy, making an unprecedented appearance. We have what what Sitting changed besides <laughs> what, besides Nirvana, um, uh, grunge music, yeah, kind of changed where we were in, in in our society. And then we have rap, and rap did a, a very significant part of our society it kind of explained uh racial boundaries it kind of explained um what they were going through what they were going through uh culturally and um there was uh, racial profiling and stuff and that was all in their music mm -hmm. and it became i love rap music it became um kind of a story to music yeah they were uh, explaining everything from their point of view. Yes. And trying and, to have and, other people understand it. And it actually was the way society was. So music plays a big role in, I've been in six decades. Mm -hmm. I'm really old, six decades. <laughs> and I've seen and heard some of the most wonderful music that kind of uh, poetry to music. Um of course, I'm very, uh, I'm very into my '60s music, where you had um, Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. and 
the doors, right? The doors, yes. Yeah, they were the 60s, right? Velvet Underground, and Pop Butterspoo, Blues Band, and of course the Beatles, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones. And what's funny to me is we were the only, he's a, he's a ham. Yeah, he's a toughie. Uh, we were the only generation um, that are still on tour. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Because a lot of them, a lot of them are dead. <laughs> well, the Rolling Stones and 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 Paul McCartney and all of them still are still are on on tour. A lot of them, um, and it's funny to to watch these old men that are in sixties and seventies really just playing still good rocking out with yeah. their shirts off on. <laughs> so that was the only generation. I don't know if it was because they all smoked pot or not. I don't know, but it I was, think they did a lot more than pot. Man. Yeah. <laughs> They, yeah, there's Timothy Leary and, and yeah, acid and a lot of acid. And it was, it was a, a lot of dead French. It was a from it was a break from the fifties. The fifties were kind of um, well, we had happy go lucky. Well, no, it was about romance. Yeah, there was all radio friendly. Yeah, and it was uh, not that it was bad because it was kind of uh, rock and. And soul music put together, and country music put together, mm-hmm. um, in that in that era, and it was kind of love songs and everything. And then the '60s came along, and it was no longer love songs. Everything flipped on its head. <laughs> yeah. The Who, um, and yeah, you know what we should talk about? Um, so you remember how you were telling me how uh, when you were younger, you were in Hollywood? Yeah, I used to live in the that. '60s. I lived in so Hollywood. Let's talk about that. Oh, sisters! I I lived in Hollywood. Um, we had a, a what you would call a garage band that got to record one record. Uh, didn't go anywhere though. So, um, but in those days, nowadays, uh, a band can go from their hotel room or their bus to the arena where they're uh, singing or playing, and a whole mob tries to grab them and mm-hmm. uh, the photographers are all over them. Yeah. In my era in the 60s, when I lived in Hollywood, you could go to the hamburger stand around uh, close to uh, Capitol and Ophelia Records and see the bands eating dinner and no one's taking pictures. So mm-hmm. it was more of a free time than it is now. Stop, Tuffy, stop it. <laughs> stop biting my dog your tail. He, uh, by the way, uh, this What's is this is Sir Elvis T- Tuffy. His name is Sir Elvis Tuffy of Seven Hills. Tuffy, look at the camera. Look over there, Tuffy. Tuffy, come on. <laughs> I, I don't think he wants to show his face, but um, this is Sir Elvis Tuffy of Seven Hills. And he is a famous what most of the time. He's a Weinheimer, and the reason... Sir Elvis is because once in a while this lip goes up like Elvis, and he does. Yeah, he does the Elvis lip. Yeah, but he's he's obviously he's spoiled rotten. Yeah, but he's camera shy. Also, for some reason, right now he's camera shy. Most of the time he's not. But over there, Tuffy. Tuffy, look at the people. Look at the. Come on, look at. Tuffy, look right here. Come on, look into that. Oh yeah, you see his face. Oh no, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to look, but 
That's Sir Elvis Tufferton of yeah. Seven Hills. But uh, back to uh, you living in Hollywood. What, what was that like? It was back it was, in the 60s. It was right? the 60s. It was there was hippies, and we all changed, I think, the world in a way because we were, of course, it was a, a love and love and generation. Um, like, uh, oh, don't eat uh, really? Dude, you weren't yeah. in the 60s, Doc. <laughs> you're, you're, you're ruining my audio. Stop it. Stop it. Be right back. Someone must be here. Yeah, someone must be at the door. I can, yeah. Well, wow, she's awake. Uh, this is the first time I've done this. And. Uh, 11 months, maybe. 11, 12 months. But, first one back. Uh, so, is Tuffy just being a dog? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, back, back to yeah. living in the 60s in Hollywood. It was like, um, I apologize for that interruption. It was kind of like in the 60s, the teens rebelled against. Authority? Well, against, well, maybe authority too, but against the way. Um, the oh, yeah, there he is. And uh, there was, you know, a time where, where the hippies was uh, love and, and tune out. And there. <laughs> there was Timothy Leary and Acid. Um, of course, marijuana was a big thing. Um but I think the 60s changed a lot of uh, society mm -hmm. um, in a way that uh, it, it evolved to where we are now. Mm -hmm. okay. It was a fun time. It was yeah. free and and we dressed quite a bit different than everybody else. Of course, yeah. that's when we had the Jesus movement with uh, Lonnie and Aid Ashbury. So a lot of... Uh, Free love and flowers. I mean, it was different. There was communes where people lived together, and mm -hmm. um, and uh, had vegetable grew their own vegetables and stuff, and tuned out. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a lot different than it is today. Today, it's kind of a scary time. Today, what you like the thing, the differences. I mean, there's like huge differences with like the leaps in technology and everything, right? But today, people have become so sensitive to where they're offended by everything, which is great for a person like me, because I just love poking the bear, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> in the 90s and 2000s was a big change in the world because we had guys like, um, like the guy that does Microsoft, yeah, Bill Gates. Uh, Bill Gates, yeah. Um, they're, they were coming out of college or dropping out of college and, and deciding to start, new, start yeah. their own businesses. And and no one knew that the computer would be such a Vital big change in the society. It was the biggest change in the society that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. That means I could talk to someone, you know, across the world um, and From watch the them as I talk So communication and everything just changed immediately. You know, when I was young, we had what they call party lines mm -hmm. on the phone. And that means another 
uh, household was hooked to our party lines. So when you wanted to make a call, if some if that other party was on the line, you couldn't make a call mm-hmm. because they were taking up all the mm-hmm. yeah. And now you kids can just get on your phone and and go anywhere you want. So it's a lot different now, and you I can think talk that, to anybody all throughout the world. I think that the that the generation of the Bill Gates uh, era has changed the world in mighty ways. Mm-hmm. Apple. Yeah. And did one. you know he he started that out of his garage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He um I don't know if he dropped out of college or not, but I just know that because I remember reading a book about it where he um. He, he started it in his garage with one of his friends and then like it turned into a multi-billion dollar you know, well, and Steve Jobs was a very, very smart chill, man um, chill chill <laughs> he, want, he, he wants his mother's attention <laughs> he's such a mom as well yeah so your generation is probably you have to understand that Steve Jobs and Gates, Bill Gates, when they introduced the computer and the phone, iPhone and stuff, you guys... Everything changed immediately. Yeah, and you guys, that generation, um, became probably the most predominant because you guys could do almost anything on your phones now and mm-hmm. on your computers. Yes, and... It, and another thing is that it, I believe, because I'm old-fashioned, I'm an old lady, <laughs> I believe that... Um, well, the best of all were, time, I... There were, there's good things about the internet. And there's also bad things about yeah, the internet. And one of the things is... Because good can't exist without well, bad. One of the things is, is when I was a, a teen or a young adult, when we... When we communicated with people, we were in the same room talking to each other. Mm-hmm. That's not the way anymore. You can text someone instead of uh, having a social gathering. Yeah. And instead I, of having to talk face to face. Yeah. And um, like Facebook. Which is why so many people nowadays struggle with having to talk face to face with a person. Because well, they'd rather just go. What's easier than they develop uh, bad, not very good social skills because exactly because um, they're all yeah. addicted to yeah. So there's good and bad. There's uh, with that invention, just like with anything of the computer and the, the online. And so I've seen a big difference. Like for the six decades I've lived, because I'm seventy three now. Um, I've seen a whole lot of changes, but I've also seen this generation play the 60s music all the time, Jimi Hendrix and all of them. So they seem to be able to appreciate and realize how great that music was. And it was, if you think about it, it was like with Jimi Hendrix, he was ahead of his time. You think about it. A lot of them were. Yeah. Like the Doors and all that, they... They were talking about stuff back then that would have never been like even touched on because it was so taboo. Oh yeah, a lot of things were taboo back yeah. then. And the sixty revolution, I call it, changed that. Mm-hmm. The fifties, uh, sex was a no-no. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about sex was a no-no. In the sixties, 
they talked about it all, all the time. Matter of fact, they had love-ids, you know, Monterey. That's what Woodstock was. <laughs> and Monterey Pop Festival. Mm -hmm. That's the first time I saw Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. So wait, you, you saw, wait, go back a second. You saw Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin live? Mm -hmm. How was that? It was wonderful. Talk to me about that. It was wonderful. Um, there was a lot of people at the Monterey uh, Festival. I couldn't go to the Woodstock because it was like across the country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were all deep uh, in the Monterey, <laughs> the Monterey uh, Festival, it was very good. We got to see bands that you probably, that the audience probably never heard of, like Country Joe and the Fish. Mm -hmm. They had a song about Vietnam. Um, Jimi Hendrix uh, played the anthem mm -hmm. in a way that it, you could hear the bombs dropping and stuff from his guitar. Mm -hmm. um, Janis Joblin was at that time with Big Brother and the Holding Company. She did, and they were really good. Janis Joblin had a wonderful soul voice. Mm -hmm. You could really like feel yeah. what she was talking about. Yeah, and there were so many people there. I mean, it wasn't just a few people. There was a lot like, of there was there. thousands of people there, I would assume. And it went on, you know. So we got to see a whole lot of different uh, personalities. Bands. Yeah, San San Santana. Um, Santana. That's a good one, yeah. Santana. There was a lot of good good musicians there and um some of them had just started their bands and it was it was a real fun time back then mm -hmm. so uh we were talking about your time in hollywood did, did you ever shoot any movies since when you were in hollywood did you ever like like do anything since like you know you're in hollywood did you do anything like record i mean yeah you did recorded record. music but like also recorded uh, last year. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, she did. A two of my grandsons are in rap, and they wanted me to come and which have both been on the podcast before and sing without any music. And so I did. We recorded a song called "Smile," and after I sang a cappello, then they went into their rap. Mm -hmm. So that was just last year, but I never was in the movies. Never. Ooh. <laughs> But um, it would have been, you know, easy to get into it back then. You could mm -hmm. be an extra, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. I never did that. But I hung around with people that that like did little, movies, yeah. yeah, not major stars, but, but like little independent, yeah, productions. Yeah, I don't know why I never got into that. I just didn't. I, I'm thinking it would have been really cool, you know. Plus, for like that time, so it was Hollywood in the '60s. I would assume that, um, like, how that was was there was obviously a lot of drugs around. I would assume we're we're we were in a war that was useless. Yeah, our men were dying for no reason. Mm -hmm. So that was a a terrible time in mm -hmm. the '60s. There was a draft; you had to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you dodged it, they would... You could go to jail. Yeah, they would uh, prosecute you. So a lot of people that I knew that got a draft letter mm. fled, fled to Canada. <laughs> what? 
they, so they didn't have to go to war because they didn't believe in killing people, just like Muhammad Ali. Uh, he, oh yeah, that's how he, he, he was able he to lost fight, all right? of, he, Well, he lost all of his gold medals because in his religion, uh, he couldn't go to war or kill anybody. So uh, he, uh, there was a lot of people that did that. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a time where you had no choice. Mm -hmm. If you were 18, you had to register at the post office mm -hmm. and then wait for your letter to come. And you had recruitment office. Oh, yeah. You, you had to join it. You just had to go. Yeah. It wasn't a volunteer. It, like it, it was like mandatory. It was mandatory after 18, except for if you were in a family and you had two brothers that got drafted. Mm -hmm. um, only one of them could go. Because you need one person to carry on the bloodline, right? Yeah. The name. Yeah. And that's the, all about that movie, Saving Private Ryan, mm -hmm. was because all of his the brothers got killed. In so, the war, yeah. Yeah. So they had to find him to bring him back home. Mm -hmm. Um. And so that's what that movie was all about. And did you know for that movie what uh, Tom Hanks and all the like stars did? They went through like a military boot camp. I didn't really, know that. Uh, well, they went through a military boot camp to like really understand what it was like to like do all that stuff because that's one of the things that since so many people have been in the military, it's easy to see on like a film if you're like faking it and it's like easy to like spot that out so that what they did was they went to this boot camp to try to make it look as realistic as possible so they can like do it faithfully and all that stuff yeah i know in the 50s the the the, the artists that contributed a lot to music chuck berry oh yeah um, I learned a lot about him in my rock and roll history class. Yeah, he, uh, the Beatles oh, yeah. took from him. Yeah, um, Fats Domino, mm -hmm. um, the Big Bopper, um, BB mm. King, right? Who was BB King in the fifties or sixties? Yeah. He was in. He's been in. He was in all six generations until he until he died. Decades, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was popular all the time. He was more of the blues. One of the greatest blues guitarists of all time. I've seen this one video of BB King when he was uh, he was playing guitar at this one like gathering or something, and in the middle of the song, one of the strings broke, and so they had the technician come up and like give him a string and like untune everything. So what he did, and while continuing to play guitar, he restrung his guitar. That's pretty hard. In the middle of the song. While continuing to play, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And there was um, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yep, you're right. And some of those people that made songs like Roll Over Beethoven, mm -hmm. the Beatles redid, mm -hmm. you know. So that generation, some of those people in that generation did um, contribute to the 60 revolution and how we decided to do music. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know how we were talking about the draft and everything? So, uh, I did, since I know Grandpa was in the Air Force, right? Mm -hmm. Did he get drafted or? No, he enlisted. He, and it, he enlisted it, himself, right? Yeah. Okay. He enlisted so, himself. He, he was a. So, talk to me about that. He like, was grandpa. a photo interpreter, meaning that 
when they took pictures of uh, places like had missiles or whatever, mm-hmm. or uh, or anything going on during the war that we needed to know about, mm-hmm. we would take, he was the guy. They would take pictures of it and transfer it back to March Air Force Base, mm-hmm. and he would interpret what was going on. Mm-hmm. And he he'd show everybody, okay, this is what's going on in these pictures, and uh, so since we're talking about Grandpa, so um. Do you, I'm assuming you remember how, uh, like, you met him and everything, and, like, how, how that all turned out? Can you talk about that? If if you want to? It's kind of boring. <laughs> well, you know, uh, like, you can talk about whatever you want, man. Well, so. um, I met him at a bowling alley. <laughs> oh, okay. I was bowling. I used to bowl. I loved You're to bowl. You're a really good bowler, too, right? Yeah, I was a pretty good bowler. Um, I've noticed that a lot of my grandfather all of my grandparents, from what they've told me, they are like Mimi told me she was a good bowler back in the day. Popo told me he was a good bowler back in the day. Uh, you, I'm assuming Grandpa was a good bowler back in the day too. So had, yeah, Grandpa had like a hundred ninety yeah. average. That was really good. That's, that's good. Yeah. And anyway, we met and found out we went to the same church and um. Mm-hmm. We started dating and got married, and that was yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how you feeling so far? <laughs> is, is this a lot cooler than uh, anticipated? Yeah, I'm talking to my grandson, of course. <laughs> you know what I think is cool? So far, I've had Caleb on the podcast, but um, that the video version of that did not... Uh, like come to pass, it was it was only available in audio, which I uploaded the file and like made it into a video. With okay, you guys, when you go on YouTube or oh, yeah. or what is it, Shopify or Spotify? Yeah. <laughs> um, look up, uh, Kale Cruise. Yeah, Cruise Kale. And, Cruise Kale. And, and listen to his music. Yeah. The, and all the links will be in the description. Yeah, and his brother is called Onyx Warrior. Yeah. Look at his music. He's very good. And I've also had him on the podcast, too. With with that one, I was, uh, yeah, I, I was not sober, let's say. <laughs> we were both out of our minds. We were, we were up in the sky. I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but all I remember is that we, we were laughing a lot. It, it was it was fun. So Was that with Eli? Yeah, that was with yeah. Eli. Yeah, with guys were probably munching too stuff as you talked. I, to be honest with you, I don't remember. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but <laughs> so I, I've been really looking forward to this, Nana. Well, I look forward to it too. Since um, me and Malachi were talking about it, I've had you, you, Eli, uh, and Caleb, and I've been trying to get one to where Eli and Caleb could be there together, and they can like talk about how uh, they all started as like the doing the music and all that stuff. And the reason I wanted you to come on the show is for the main reason of I feel like you have a lot of interesting stories that people might want to listen to. And also, like, I just want to at least do something with you so I can say I did it. And, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, If you haven't seen it, see that. 
Jesus Revolution. Mm. It talks about the '60s and how a lot of uh, a lot of hippies um, came to the Lord. Mm. And um, it's a good movie. I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix too. So yeah, good. Go stream that stuff. All right. So um, let's shift and let's talk about. Uh, yeah, let's talk about mom. Cause why not? Okay. So, um, nineteen seventy, I had yeah <laughs> a girl, mm. and her name was Barbara Michelle. Michelle, after um the Beatles song Michelle. Mm. Um, see, that's really cool too. Yeah, it wasn't Michelle; it was Michelle. It was Michelle. Okay, <laughs> and everybody pronounced it wrong. But anyway, he's just like, and, who cares? <laughs> my only daughter, um. She had straight A's in school. She was a good um, helping everybody. She was just a wonderful girl. And she had five kids. She had uh, Caleb, who's the oldest, Mm -hmm. Elijah, then Malachi. She named all her kids after the Bible, uh, Malachi. And then there was Seth. Mm -hmm. Seth was um, premature, um, almost eight months um, seven months and my daughter got an infection and it made her go into labor and he was born Seth about this big a very tiny baby and we called him the miracle baby because the nurse came out after they they had to do a c-section on her and after they took the baby um the nurse came out and told me and my daughter's husband that the baby probably won't last during the night so here um, i am 20 years later that didn't happen (laughs) so we call him the miracle baby and then she had her own the girl that she had a girl finally she was hoping all the time to have a girl but she kept having boys yeah and so she had her girl kept popping out the wrong recipe (laughs) (laughs) and she was uh as an adult, she went on a uh, trip to Panama to the Tajarian jungles, I guess it was called, and uh, did a lot of work as far as missionary work. And she came home and she got married to your dad. And when she was 40, she got breast cancer. And Seth was like seven years old. Um, there, there, there's a lot of uh, age difference between the first and Seth or the first and Faith yeah. because uh, Caleb was 17 mm-hmm. and Eli was 15, mm-hmm. going on 16. Mm-hmm. Um, Malachi was 12. 12. You were 7. And then Faith was 5. five. Yeah. So um, she struggled four years with breast cancer, um, trying to stay with her kids. Um She had a terrible time because her husband and her separated and she was all by herself trying to do with her kids. So she asked me to come back. I was living in Utah, come back to California, which we did. Mm. We bought a big house and they all lived there. Um, Then she passed away in October 29th, 2010. And we miss her very much. Yeah. She put up one hell of a fight, though. I'll tell you what. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. So, um, since we've talked about 
uh, so music, movies, and well, like now, this movies are the same as music. Yeah. Okay, every generation, it's about the generation you live in, mm -hmm. except for it's some of the reflection of the time. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, there's some, mostly. There's some that are that are created, you know, like um, like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars <laughs> that aren't of our time. Or like like Pulp Fiction, for example. That yeah. movie was set in the sixties. Yeah. Or I think it was course, there 60s was or the 50s. mafia and everything in the fifties and sixties. Mm. So pulp pulp fiction could be true. Yeah. Well, yeah, you never know really. I mean, the only person who really knows that is Quentin Tarantino. Is he wrote he wrote that yeah. yeah, he writes some good good, good, good um uh plays or movies. Did you know he's working on his last movie right now? And what he's going to do after he's done with his last movie is he's going to just write books and, like, stuff like that. But he's just going to, like, he's going to have ten movies and then he's done. And he and he's knows, he always has some real uh, talented actors mm -hmm. in, his, in his movies. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm hoping to see his last movie. Um, Stephen King doesn't do very many movies anymore, but he was kind of weird too. <laughs> yeah, there was scary. There was one movie he did where he was just like high on cocaine the entire time. The movie is called Maximum Overdrive. It was released in 1985, I think. Well, my favorite movie of all time. If memory serves me correctly. I have two favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. The Godfather, I think, oh, was a wonderful great movie. movie. Yeah, great, great movie. movie. Long movie, but great movie. Mm -hmm. All three trilogies. <laughs> um, and uh, The Notebook. And the reason why The Notebook was so dear to me is because um, a married couple goes through their life, and, and as they got older, the wife got dementia. Mm -hmm. and, and Alzheimer's, and, and that's what Char that's what Pop Charlie got. And that's what my had. husband had, and so I could really relate. And this, and, and you had to have a tissue box because you start crying. Yeah. Well, at, at the end, uh, they climb in bed together and die together. Oh, that's <laughs> so, that's that's one hell of an ending. I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Godfather though is I can watch that. Over and over and over. All day, yeah. Because the acting in it, all of them, um, uh, Robert De Niro and, and uh, um, Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. And there, there's this one other dude that's in that. Oh, yeah, very famous. Um, he's an Italian actor. I just can't think of his name right now. Uh, he was the godfather. <laughs> yeah, but like you, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. I can't think of his name right now, but... But I'm they, sure it's the audience. Knows. Yeah, I'm sure they know because I'm sure they've seen The Godfather. Because who hasn't His name seen was The Godfather? Mar Mar oh yeah, Marlon Brando. Yes. Yeah, Marlon Brando. He's probably one of the greatest actors of all time. Probably. I loved. I, I thought he was. Anyway, what I'd like to say before we close the pod okay. is follow your dreams, whatever they are. No matter how hard it takes you to get to your dream, follow your dreams. If you fail, it's a learning process. You're not really failing, you're learning. Okay? Mm. And so you young people out there that have all your dreams in this society, it's kind of hard, but 
never give them up and and keep going towards what you what you're dreaming because it will come true if you if you work hard at it and if you work hard enough it's gonna happen yeah uh, I'd say that's a good good place to end up yeah. all right so uh thank you for joining me thank you for joining me Nana you're welcome I appreciate it I'm very happy that I was able to do this because uh once uh, Eli and Caleb got you on like a song I was thinking oh like that would be awesome if I was able to get on a podcast so hence here we, here we are. are um thank you for joining me everybody uh this will be up soon and I don't know the next time I'm gonna do one of these because I'm uh, starting Monday I'm gonna be very busy so I'm be true to yourself guys be yep. true to yourself listen to Nana all right uh see you guys later uh Button stepped recording. There we go. Okay.